Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Bad Coyote, Bad Coyote Funky Podcast, issue number 75. Before we dive into this edition of Comic Book Club, let's introduce this week's cast. Joining us, we have Dave the Bearded Menace. I can't cast that here. <laughs> TV's Casey. By the hoary hosts of Hoggoth. Escape Velocity Jason. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I had to. Come on. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Just kidding. Jace Mac. What up? Uh, and Dot Chris. Great Guga Mugga. And I'll be your host for the evening, Booster Greg, as Sergio has been trapped in another dimension, another dimension, another dimension, and will hopefully be able to fight his way back real soon. As always, let's get everyone started with another edition of Nerd News. So the first thing we really want to talk about is... um, Microsoft purchased a Twitch soon-to-be rival called Beam. Uh, Beam started January of 2016, so this year, and has tried to been really find their niche amongst the streaming audience and uh, streaming community. They, with this merger with, with Microsoft, what will happen is they're going to offer a lot more built-in features like uh, suggestions, so pretty much like Backstreet or Backstreet Boys, geez, Backseat Gaming, <laughs> and Backstreet's back. Backstreet's back. It's all, all right. right. <laughs> People can um, give me suggestions, which is kind of like hell for gamers. Like if I know I'm supposed to go in a certain direction and I don't want to because I want to see if there's goodies, and someone keeps on going, no, go left, no, go left, no, go left. That might be a bummer. Um, but what the, the most interesting part of this whole integration is, is it's going to be built into Windows 10 and Xbox One. So you don't have to have, you don't have to download OBS. You don't have to really figure out the whole stream key thing with uh, Twitch. It just will work is what I'm kind of hearing. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think this is going to be able to topple the Twitch giant or is this going to just fizzle out and it's going to be a footnote? I've never even heard of Beam. Yeah, I mean, yeah, neither. Neither, neither have I. <laughs> so, sorry, Beam. So I think that's Impress me somehow. Send me something cool. I don't know. No, um, it's cool that they're going to be able to integrate it into, into Windows and Xbox, but I don't know. I, I think that Twitch has already just have, like, has themselves so firmly planted. Yeah. Um, within the community that it's going to be hard to kind of crack that. So I disagree a little bit. I know like Twitch is a powerhouse right now, but I look back at like other times in like the tech age where like a smaller something came out and it overrode the other one. Like for instance, back in the days of MySpace, we all thought that was going to last forever. I was just going to say that MySpace and Facebook, you guys don't use yours anymore. And then Facebook came out and everyone's like, Oh, Facebook ain't going to do anything as much as like MySpace does. Everyone's on MySpace. And sure enough now, that's true. I still get emails from MySpace. You still what? what? I still get emails. They're like, hey, you're top eight. These changes. And I'm like, there are no changes. Or I notify <laughs> the people that says there changes because they got hacked. That's what, that's what happened. Yeah, it's it's now Russia's Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, it, it, it can go either way. Uh, I think Twitch is already so well established and everyone who wants to stream uh, knows how to at this point. Because you can literally just press a button on your PlayStation. As long as you hooked in with your Twitch, you can do it. Same thing with your Xbox. PC is a little more in-depth. If you want to get a little fancier like we do here at Bad Cody Funky, then you can. But it's going to be tough. A new a new market kind of thing, a new site, which could actually be tempting for lower lower tier streamers, right? Like a new audience, less people on there maybe. Maybe true, more true. exposure. So it could go really – you could really go either way. I don't think it can really topple Twitch. Like – like Twitch is pretty much like we we say we go to Pax East, but really I feel like we go to we go to TwitchCon East when we go sometimes because it's just it's mm. everywhere, um, and it's such a, a staple. So I don't know, you know, I think time will tell on this one, but I won't be. Surprised I actually wonder if they'll make it work easier on Xbox One than they would on PS4. Like you can probably oh, still totally, like stream from totally. the PS4, yeah, because they're not gonna like get rid of they're not gonna like completely abolish that market or like keep them out of it, but. I bet you it'll be more incentive having Xbox One just for Beam or Vice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Beam will probably work a lot better locally on Xbox and would on PlayStation. Oh, I, I completely agree. I mean, you probably just have to sign in with your Microsoft ID or whatever they call it, right? And then 
probably just hooks right in. Mm. Student uh, loan debt rides again. Woohoo! There we go. <laughs> uh, Dave, is something you want to get out of the way, my friend? So speaking of PlayStation, yeah. um, recently got some like screenshots of Kingdom Hearts 3, which is still not on the horizon of being released. But more importantly, Kingdom Hearts uh, 2.8 HD... Not, not remix, not relook, redux, yeah. four. Yeah. So basically, um, so for those of you who are Kingdom Hearts fans who are waiting for part three to come out, such as Greg, uh, you have a little bit of a torture of what is to come that is not Kingdom Hearts three. Just a more re- rehash of Kingdom Hearts one, one point five, and Kingdom Hearts two point whatever. Um, the screenshots did give us. A, we do have some screenshots of what Shore will look like in Kingdom Hearts three. But there still is no release date on Kingdom Hearts three. I mean, it's it's, so, yeah. it's it's closer. It's getting closer, right? Like before, we saw what was it two years ago? We had the trailer for um, for all that stuff, right? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it had to have been two years ago. And all the, there was nothing, right? Nothing ever since. And now, all of a sudden, not only do we get like we get actual news of a one point. Five and two point five HD remake. I don't even know. If I, we we get a whole boatload of remade Kingdom Hearts games in one like package for PS4. But now, like two days later, we get this news that there's screenshots, like you know, a new form. Mm-hmm. He's wearing different clothes. There's a new form. Uh, it looks like he has a shield of some kind. Although it could just be a weird angle of a Keyblade, and it's definitely in the um, the Hercules Disney like stadium kind of thing. Oh yeah, because of the clouds and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, the clouds. So that's that's still a staple. I love that that's been there since Kingdom Hearts one. That's really cool. That's like you know what I think is delaying it mostly though What's is that? um since like Disney keeps on buying more properties. Yeah, I think they're trying to put Sora in those properties. Oh, totally. You know? Like Star Wars, Marvel, hmm. totally. Yeah, like we're gonna see him like either have an Iron Man suit or he'll be like something to do with the Avengers. You know lightsaber I mean? like, Keyblade. Oh my. Yeah, God. lightsaber Keyblade, which oh. will be fucking dope. With with a Tony Stark made hilt, <laughs> uh, merge them together. Heavy as Thor's hammer. <laughs> That's crazy. Then we'll really get to see like what'll survive, like a lightsaber or the Hulk. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, Does man. this mean we're not going to get it as a Black Friday bundaroo? No. <laughs> oh. This is why I can't imagine things, Casey. This What's pulling for this holiday season, man? I know there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming out. Already too many stuff, and that that buy two get one free at Target right now is very tempting. Very tempting on games. Uh, but Casey, there's something you wanted to get out of the way, my friend. Is that correct? Not really. Okay, well we'll just wait here. All right, there was definitely definitely a Wonder Woman trailer <laughs> that came out today though, uh, which was pretty good. Um, what's there to say about it? You see our first exposure to the world of man. Uh, and how this movie is basically Wonder Woman kicking the entire ass of World War One all at once. Um, it it looks pretty actiony. It looks very Captain America y, which right, mm-hmm. very uh, like what is that genre? Like like the Rocketeer, Captain America. Very Joe, like it looks like a Joe Johnston kind of right. A film. <laughs> I thought that too. Like I half expected like. That bullet that was being shot and it was going to hit the uh, warrior to like for Captain America to show up and then the rocketeer to just like fly away. <laughs> they just all swoop in. It's all in one, just the one perfect, mega mix. The perfect, the perfect golden age movie. Um, yeah, it looks no, great. Bruce, this Bruce Bruce turns into the Invisible Jet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're mixing up our world wars here. Uh, the long and short of it, um, could this be DC's way to pull themselves out of the gutter? I certainly hope so. Uh, what I'm, else do we see in this? We get some action with the the villain, Doctor Poison, um, yeah. who I have never heard of before. Yeah, uh, if you're gonna pick a woman for, a, you know, a female villain for Wonder Woman to go punchies with, you know, how about Cersei? Or, I mean, I guess Cheetah would be weird, but I'll be honest, like, I don't know. This movie yeah. looks pretty great, where it's Amazons fighting in World War One, and but like, why even need a villain? You know, just like. Yeah. Wonder Woman in the land of man. And it's like, you know, she's fighting in World War One. Why where's is that the, not where's like... The, where's the struggle, man? She's tough enough to fight this giant gray blob monster in a couple of years. Yeah, but the struggle would be, like, who's mm. right and who's wrong, especially yeah. since it's World War One. Yeah. Who's right, who's wrong. 
what's her place in all of this? And yeah. she is literally fighting a war that she doesn't have any real stakes in. No. Yeah, she could just chill on that island and she would be, she would have been fine. She's a, she's a single Amazonian female who don't need no man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, my favorite bit, right at the end, when uh, when Etta Candy is like, oh, I'll engage in some fisticuffs. And I'm like, yeah, you will. Yeah, that's, you will. <laughs> that's, that's some moxie of a sidekick right there. One scene I thought was really cool in the trailer, which is kind of like a, a tip of the hat to like Christopher Reeve's Superman, mm-hmm. was um, when she's dressed like in normal street clothes, and the guy and like someone like fires like a pistol at her, and she goes oh, and she yeah. blocks it like with her like her her um her wrist. That's direct from like Superman. Same thing where he's dressed as Clark Kent. Someone yeah. goes to fire at Lois Lane, Catches and he blocks it. it with his hand, almost like to the T. So I thought that was a pretty cool. Uh, cool nod to a classic movie that was a cool scene too where he just catches it and he acts like they he just like had a panic attack and just yeah yeah i mean ultimately this thing looks like visually this movie is looking really good but again same thing with the power rangers movies Uh, i'm gonna reserve judgment until the movie actually comes out because don't you mean breakfast club rangers breakfast breakfast club (laughs) rangers Um, but you can make a cool trailer out of anything, right? You, you can get home movies and splice them together with some action movies and it'll look really cool. So I don't know if this is going to be another case of DC failing or DC pulling themselves out. Hopefully it's the <laughs> latter. Yes, Dave, I realized what I said. Thank you for giggling. I'm sorry. <laughs> DC has always been a pullout guy. <laughs> and with that, we're going to end our segment of nerd news. <laughs> Guys, enjoy the main section of the podcast where we talk about Comic Book Club, Doctor Strange. Bad Coyote Funky Podcast. It's Casey's show. Casey's show. It's not great. Not this week. Doctor Strange. Talk about comics, but it's me. Oh, yeah. Created by Steve Ditko and Stan Lee, Dr. Strange, Stephen Strange, made his debut in the pages of Strange Tales number 110, way, way back in 1963, over 50 years ago in publication. Sharing the title with the original android incarnation of the Human Torch. Nearly a decade later, Dr. Stephen Strange was deemed popular enough to support his own title in his crusade to protect us from the evil Dormammu and other supernatural threats. Upon his inception, Dr. Strange was designed to bring up the world of the dark arts and a mysticism into the heavily science-dominated Atomic Age world of Silver Age Marvel Comics. Before becoming the Sorcerer Supreme, Stephen Strange was a world-famous neurosurgeon whose ego matched that of perhaps Tony Stark Iron Man himself, until a tragic car accident destroyed his hands, leaving him unable to perform any kind of surgery. His obsession with finding a cure to return to his lifestyle led him to the land of Tibet, and finding a really old guy, aptly named the Ancient One, who would teach him the mystic arts, and showing him that there's more to this world than wealth, fame, glory... And hot bitches. (laughs) In his defense of our dimension, Strange would battle against the greatest mystical threats known to man, armed with the Eye of Agamotto and the Cloak of Levitation and the Wand of Watum and a whole bunch more mystical artifacts you can shake a stick at, taking on the Dread Dorbamu, Baron Mordo, Nightmare, Mephisto, and also one really rad time he fought Dracula. Nice. In preparation for the Doctor Strange movie coming out tomorrow... Mm-hmm. Right? Or tonight, really or late. Tonight, or now. Whenever or now. you're listening, it's definitely probably out. Every day's Friday. Yep. We're here at the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast, and we're doing research for you to get ready for this movie. We all read a bunch of Doctor Strange comics from different eras, going back to the 1970s up till the current run. Tonight we're starting with Dave the Bearded Menace, talking about the early years of Doctor Strange. Yeah! So, I read uh, Doctor Strange in the 70s. Uh, not, I mean, not in the, sev- in the decade of the 70s like I was alive. I mean, like, the comic took place. In <laughs> you don't you be a time traveler, man. too, Dave. Yeah, don't man. you steal my bit. Damn. <laughs> Back before the direct market, they were selling them on newsstands. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I read uh, Doctor Strange, Master of the Mystical Arts, I believe it was called, um, issues one through five. And in my issues I was reading, he was his villain that he was fighting was a man by the name of Silver Dagger, mm-hmm. a man who basically was studying to be a priest or in the clergy, basically. He wanted to be pope, but they skipped him and chose someone else for the papacy. So in his, like, depression or madness, if you want to call it, he went to, like, the libraries of the Vatican and read up on the mystical dark arts and stuff. So he thought, put it upon himself to go out and hunt those who practice the dark arts until finally he caught up with Dr. Strange threw the silver dagger at him to basically kill him. And then just bark Dr. Strange on his whole huge journey into the orb of Agamotto and just some weird, like Alice in Wonderland type of trippy shit. It was actually pretty, a pretty fun read. I have to admit, um, a lot of the monologue I read it, I kind of read it like in Stan Lee's voice in my head. Like I can imagine like Stan Lee describing like what Doctor Strange is thinking and what he's doing and what he's seeing or what he's feeling. I could hear like Stan Lee saying it and like ever, after every other sentence saying true believers, you know, so <laughs> I'd enjoyed it. Um, but I just don't know what I enjoyed more. Either like the, the story, some of the cheesy lines that Doctor Strange says, which are really, really cheesy in this run. Like... Well, of course, they were written... I think... They, who who wrote yours? Was it Stanley that wrote yours? Steve Englehart <sighs> wrote his Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, very cheesy lines. Um, artwork was cool. Like, you really feel like you're actually watching something like mysticism going on. Or just like some of the advertisements that are in there from the 70s. You know, like paying 20 bucks to get a whole drafting kit delivered to your home or stuff like that. Like... <laughs> A lot of cool little tiny, like, nuances, like, in the comic, like, um, basically, like, they say a line, there's an asterisk next to it, on the bottom it says, read this uh, issue to understand what so they're cool. talking about. Like, I little sh- little stuff like that I thought was kind of cool, but... Can't those forget really that nice. classic issue from Strange Tales number 158. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah, stuff like that, or, um... Like, like would, those, those things made you, like, feel so much, like, so, so good about yourself, or terrible at the same time when you like they're like see spider-man number 158 and you're like i don't need to i read that you son of a bitch <laughs> tell me where to go i'll tell you where to go out of this place and then you realize like oh wait i read way too many comics because i know all of these um but it was almost like a, a not a collector's mentality but like a completionist kind of thing right where your your buddy could be you could be reading this comic next to one of your buddies, and you'd be like, oh, what happened in, like, Doctor Strange number 110? And you'd be like, oh, or Tales of the Strange. And you'd be like, oh, I know. And this is what happens. And then it's, like, becomes more of a interactive, like, book club instead of just a reading in solitary. So those days are awesome. I, I miss those days. The 70s, because I was there in the 70s. Some <laughs> That's cool, though. Uh, Dave, what did you learn about Doctor Strange? Um... God, where does he live in the East Village? Um, no. Yeah, on good well, yeah, old like, good old Bleecker Street. Yeah, like it all takes mm-hmm. place in New York, um, yeah. which I thought was interesting. I didn't think it what actually would. I thought it would be like in Tibet. That's where he would be based. But no, he's in the city. He's diesel as fuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of knew that going into it, but I really didn't know how strong he really was. Like, at the end of the comic, basically, it's all, the whole, all five issues are building up to him fighting Silver Dagger. And then when it gets to the end, like, he survived. Like, he's a, he's basically, like, went up toe-to-toe against death. Fought all these crazy creatures, like, in, like, the Orb of Agamotto and, like, the unreality and stuff Wait, went like toe-to-toe, that. Wait, toe-to-toe, like, like, the, like, Thanos' death? Like, did it look like that? Or was it, like, not? not? that death. No, okay. no. But just, like, it, just was a, it was a, yeah, it was a death. It was, like, a test from, like, the Ancient One. Okay. But still, like, he fought him tooth and nail. Like, he would not go down. Like, he's like, F it. I'm going to, like, give you as much as I can before I go. And then he gets a sure, silver sure. dagger and it's just like, pimp smack. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, uh, it's a lot of, like, like stuff. Basically, like, how strong he is and just, you know, just how much willpower the guy has. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely is... Um like he 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 could wear a Green Lantern ring. I'd put it I'd put it that way. Mm. Like pretty pretty easily. He's he doesn't need a ring. Very confident. Very, um, almost like not skilled. It's like focused. Like that dude's focus is unparalleled. Like he just wants to be the best in, at what he does. Um. So that's really cool, Dave. Thank you, uh, Casey. One thing I do want to bring up real quick. Like, um, never mind, Casey. 
only because I read like I, when we did comic book club last time with Luke Cage. Luke, I read like Luke Cage's run around the same time frame, time period, pretty much, mm-hmm. and the contrasts are pretty big. Like it has a completely different vibe from Luke Cage, even though they take place in the same era. They both feel like Marvel comics, but art style and how they talk and what they say, like everything that Doctor Strange says, sounds very like amazing or dynamic. He really like just believes stuff he says, whereas Luke Cage is more of like every man when he talks and like. In Do- and like in Doctor Strange, like the art style is more amazing, and there's lots of color, lots of stuff in the background. Whereas in like Luke Cage, it's very just it's a uh, the backdrop is the city, hmm. you know. So I thought it was kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing it up. And if you haven't listened to our Luke Cage comic book club, please go back to that. It was definitely a good one. And if you haven't watched the Netflix show yet, it definitely gets you caught up to speed pretty well on all that awesome comic book background knowledge. Casey, my friend. Yeah, man. So we pick up 15 years later at the onset of Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme number one, cover date November 1988 or 89. One of the two. Either way, you might notice Doc is rocking an eye patch in this volume. One-eyed Doc. Yeah, one-eyed Doc. Due to an injury he sustained in the previous volume of Strange Tales, which is a cool little anthology book where he teamed up with Cloak and Dagger. Or they've had separate stories, but whatever, who cares? Anyway, he got totally (laughs) shot in the eye, and it was, like, red, you know? So they give him an eye patch. (laughs) Now he looks like Nick Fury, but slinging magical bolts everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> it's like you could play like you could shuffle them like put a, yeah. put him in Nick Fury's uh, suit and shuffle them around and figure out which one's which. You can't. Oh my god! But you can't. I mean, when you skip fifteen years down the road, there's a lot of stuff you catch up on. Um, oh, yeah. He's got apprentices hanging out in his house. Uh, you know, there's a, a Native American girl whose grandfather was a shaman that he's taken under his wing. Um, mm-hmm. Sarah Wolf, I think her name is, and uh, you know, you got Wong and his wife. Wong's got a wife? What? No shit. Oh, yeah. Wong can't have a wife. Wong's totally a man slayer. She's got a... Yeah, see? He's totally got a wife. There's know? no crying at baseball. You can't do that. Uh, but, you know, the doc is plagued by nightmares, and he's trying to figure out why. Hmm. And there's mystical beasts shaking down people in alleyways, so he astral projects out of his bed because motherfucker is too lazy to just get up and walk sometimes. And when you can astral project, I don't really blame you, because, you know, why wouldn't you? But when he returns to his body, he finds himself already standing up against a mirror, with the dread Dormammu having taken over control of his limbs. (laughs) Which is cool, because it's like, you know, Doctor Strange has got a big fire head now. Um, Essentially, Dormammu is like, well, you know, you beat me at my own game and my own body, well... How do you like the tables turned? You're just a spirit. I've got all of your magical channeling ability. He ends up forcing him into a body of a rat. He's got a... The doc has got to find some help to get him to purge his spirit of Dormammu. He gets Clea, who at this point I'm not sure is his wife, but I'm pretty sure because she's definitely where He put a ring on it. What? Yeah. He liked it? He, he liked it he and liked he put a ring on much. it. So they have <laughs> oh. a they have a mystical bond that spans from our dimension to the dark dimension. And so he calls her in. He calls Topaz, who's a mystical healer from, I want to say India. But she looks very white in this comic. Although in later appearances, she definitely looks, you know, more Eastern. Um, and they all gang up together and they, they manage to, to exercise... Dormammu's spirit from his body, you know, but he's got Strange on the ropes the entire time, and he does it all from his own living room in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Um, and would you believe that that's only two issues out of the six that I read for this? Wow, huh. that's a I know. lot. That's a Let's lot. Just, leave it. Leave it to Roy Thomas, who I believe wrote the first. He wrote the first two. Oh no, yeah. is it? Let me double check. Peter B. Gillis. Never mind. I was mistaken. You were so wrong. I was absolutely wrong. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, this guy knows how to whip a Doctor Strange story. He's got another one following that, which has got Valkyrie and a whole slew of new defenders that are fighting, like, undead Nazis and all kinds of demons and Asgardian warriors and, like, a shadow dragon in the afterlife. Like, this isn't your classic, like, 
trippy colors, Strange is flying through the nightmare dimension kind of wacky Doctor Strange you might expect, but, like, you put this guy in a story, you can tell whatever you want. Yeah. And and I think there's a real, there's a real novelty to that. Uh, and after that, wrapping it up, issues 5, 6, and 7, no, 8, I read all the way up to 8, because there's a story called The Faust Gambit, where... Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the Faust Gambit. The Faust Gambit has his arch nemesis Baron Mordo return. Ooh. And this dude is slinging magic like the Doc has never seen. He's like, how'd Mordo get so powerful? How did he trap me in this glass bubble? I'm Doctor Strange. I'm Doctor Strange in a nutshell. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Like, he's taking me down at every turn. And Baron Mordo's like, listen, man. I know I'm a total dick, and you're not going to believe this, but I sold my soul twice. And Who is Dr. he, John Strange Constantine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No exactly. refunds. Who is he, John Constantine? Indeed. So, <laughs> the the doc is like, well, you can't sell your soul twice, Baron Mordo. Like, I know that we channel our spirit or whatever, and we get powers from extra-dimensional sources. And he's like, no, 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 man, it's cool. Like, I told Mephisto, give me a bunch of power and you can have my soul. He's like, yeah, all right, I got you. Then I told Satanish, hey, give me a bunch of power and you can have my soul when I'm done with Doctor Strange. So I got doubled down on power for the price of one soul, and I'm going to fuck both of these guys, because now I've got more power than both of them. Huh. But what happens when he dies? Where does he go? Listen, you know what? Does it come to that? I won't say, because this is a a radical Doctor Strange story you've got to see for yourself, because you've got Mephisto and Satanish, who's like a green Satan, as opposed to your normal red Satan, Mm. and he's got two mouths on his tummy, city-sized, playing punchies above the entire, you know, skyline of New York City. Damn. Yeah. So That's really cool. Listen, the two of them get... Baron Mordo and Strange both get... They're they're whipping magic at each other. They're both drained. Escalates into a fist fight. (laughs) That's great. Of all things. Yeah. (laughs) And I I don't know if anybody really went back. I know I threw it in there for you guys to read, but the old 1960s issues of Doctor Strange, like his original issues of Strange Tales, I'll tell you, and my buddy Ryan... We'll love to hear this. Doctor Strange has got a mean left hook. <laughs> Even in astral form, in his first appearance, he's cold cocking Baron Mordo with that left hook. And that's oof, awesome. Feels good. Feels yeah. real good. That's good. Um, this brings us up to 2006 with what Chris has read. So now we're, what, 26 years later because math yeah, tells us gap. that? Couldn't find anything in the 90s, sorry. (laughs) That's it. No, no, it's all good. I actually, like, really, really liked this run. Uh, It was a run called The Oath, um, and it starts off pretty hilarious. It actually starts off in a waiting room where we have um, Aranya. Is that right, Casey? How'd I do? That's right. All right, Aranya. Nailed it. Uh, For all intents and purposes is uh, Spider-Girl, pretty much. Uh, Hanging out on one bench. And then there's Iron Fist uh, with an ice pack on his leg on the, the other couch. And um, Aranya is just uh, basically trying to make small talk. And Iron Fist is like, no, I don't know who, where Power Man is. We're not married. We're two separate people. And she's like, no, 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 I'm just checking to see what's going on with you. So they're making these little small talk. Uh, it's kind of funny because Iron Fist, I feel like, is like Space Ghost. And like how like bland some of his conversation is, which is just really funny. He just like totally doesn't want to be there. Um, and then all of a sudden, bursting through the door comes uh, Wong, the the manservant, uh, holding Doctor Strange's pretty much lifeless body in the front door. And, oh, it's on from this point. Okay, now we're there. So, basically, what ends up happening is this is the uh, medical office of the night nurse, who is... Basic is pretty much just a uh, doctor to remember the Rosario Dawson and all those TV shows everybody's talking about. The Night oh. Nurse. That's who this is. Same That's person. Shit. Night Nurse. One so pretty much Wong comes in. It's like Doctor Strange has been shot, um, and Night Nurse takes him in and fixes him up. And it's kind of hilarious because Doctor Strange's astral projection is basically like walking her through the procedure, and the whole time <laughs> she's like, "You realize I am also a doctor, right?" 
And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, so during this time, <laughs> yeah, whatever. He, it's pretty great. Now, during this time, uh, he needs blood and Wong hooks himself up. And Night Nurse is like, are you seriously like forcing your servant to give you blood? And then Wong's like, no, no, you don't understand. This is all my fault. Turns out, backstory, flashback. Wong actually is has a brain tumor. So it turns out he's been sick for a while, and he mm. was actually starting to get his fares in order because he's he's going to die soon. Nah, and Doctor not Strange Wong. Is, not Wong. What's not going Wong. on? So Doctor Strange is like, Wong. hold on a minute. I'm a doctor. I'm going to uh, kind of call on my Hippocratic oath and say I know of a way to fix you. So I'm going to go find this mystical potion and save you. Okay. So, so I was going to say, is there a magical way we can save him? Apparently there is. Pretty much. Uh, apparently. <laughs> um, and throughout the whole run, they talk about like magic versus science and how the two worlds really shouldn't collide. But um, Doctor Strange wants to go and do it any, in any ways. Um, so he ends up getting this potion by fighting this gigantic monster in this other dimension. Um, and Wong actually does some awesome ass kicking of some gang that tries to stop them from getting there, which is pretty great. But um, after he got the elixir, uh, this elixir, he actually sent it to a friend of his to get re- like to get tested before they actually use it. And during this time, someone actually got wind of the elixir and sent um, what looks like a guy named Brigand, who basically looks like if Daredevil was a messenger. Like a bicycle messenger. It's to true. Go. Yeah, that's pretty much the scenario. Dude does backflips. Uh, What's his name? Brigand. B-R-I-G-A-N-D. You, Sorry, you know Brigand. I'm picturing the uh, the cover art for the NES Paperboy, but with Daredevil's face photoshopped on it. Yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Terrible. So this is like. Maddie needs a paper route. Fairly dense, like, setup to the, this whole setup. Um, anyways, Brig- uh, Brigand. Was it Brigand? Brigand? Brigand. Brig- I, I think it's Brigand. All right, I only Brigand. know that from playing. I only know that from yeah. playing, like, Skyrim. <laughs> Brigand. So, anyways, Brigand ends up shooting Doctor Strange to take him out, but he shoots him with the gun that Hitler killed himself with. What? Yeah. It's crazy. It's an odd thing to have. It's a really odd thing to have. It's a gun so evil it can shoot the Sorcerer Supreme. You heard the man. That's what's going down. So basically, (laughs) um, in the end, it turns behind uh, Brigand was this evil pharmaceutical corporation that is trying to stop magics from getting in and curing everyone because they want to continue making money curing people. So the whole thing is basically a whole comment on the, government the, pharmace- the pharmaceutical industry. No. Fucking EpiPens are so expensive. Aliens. <laughs> Don't let the Aliens, Aesop man. of the story prevent you from reading it, because you ask anybody who loves Doctor Strange, they'll tell you this story is one of the best ever written. It's so really? good. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, basically, in the end, it ends up being a showdown that the the kind of big bad that works the corporation is actually this guy named Nicodemus West, who was the doctor who operated on Doctor Strange and could not re- uh, restore all the nerve functions to his hand. Huh. And he felt so bad about it when Doctor Strange went off to Tibet. He actually followed him there and trained under the exact same uh, ancient one. that And... Um, and so he also has mystical powers. The whole thing ends up with him using one of his own artifacts uh, to stop magic from being used, and they get in this sweet fist fight um, at the top of a, on top of a building where Doctor Strange, using the martial arts that he learned from Wong, who was kicking some ass this whole run, um, on top of almost dying half the time, and uh, it was it was great. It was dense, and I, that's like that's the the. The gist of what went down. You had me at Brigand. Yeah, Brigand. It's great. <laughs> Literally. And Brigand met his fate because Doctor Strange trapped him in his own mind. Yeah. Damn. And then threw him into some other dimension to think about what he did. It's crazy. <laughs> he's pulled uh, that he's pulled that game on the Hulk when the Hulk was running way too wild once. He's like, Hulk. Behold, the crossroads of infinity. It's like that episode of Justice League where Flash goes into the mirror dimension and there's only roads everywhere and it's real freaky. <laughs> uh, Chris, what did you learn about Doctor Strange from this uh, from this arc? 
Um, I learned that a lot of the stuff that he uses is all these different magical artifacts. There's a point where there's this other giant monster that ends up getting um, the, his kind of two main weapons, which is the the robe and the, the amulet thing. What are the names of those, Casey? The Eye of Agamotto and the Cloak of Levitation. Nailed it. So he gets actually stripped of those... And then he uses the gun that he the the own gun that was that was shot that he was shot with to the take down the monster the Hitler gun the to Hitler take gun. down the monster when he loses when he loses all this other stuff. Just such an odd artifact to be like oh, throwing around like not totally. even the spear of destiny. I'm <laughs> upset. Like everyone everyone's Wong so far sounds like kick ass compared to mine. My Wong didn't do much. Oh, he dude. like he he basically like saw like Doctor Strange getting like. Stabbed by the the, the the silver dagger, and he's like, "I devoted my life to Strange. I'll defend you." Got his ass kicked really quick, and then like he's gone to like he's gone. He's in the first issue, he's gone, and then he shows up in this in the last and like the fifth issue when like Doctor Strange comes back. He didn't do much. <laughs> it's it's tough being supporting cast, but Dude. I'm upset. I'm like, man, everyone else's Wong sounds kick ass. Mine's just like, <laughs> ah! you're you're not he's gonna based- like my Wong. He's basically oh no. Nice. Wait a minute. There's a lot of Wongs going around. <laughs> he uh, mm. he's pretty much Kato meets Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um So my the Wong that I had read, uh, I read the 2012 <laughs> Doctor Strange chapter 1 is what it was called uh by Greg Pak. Season so, 1. He was uh and I, that was like actually Greg gets to read Greg Pack. I only read authors that are named Greg, by the way. Um, so there's that. But so I was reading it, and actually, um, I found this really cool. This is a it seemed like a, a reboot or a rebirth of the character a little bit. It went over. This is this book is how I want the Doctor Strange movie to play out. I know it kind of won't, but it, it's very cool. They don't actually go through his origin. They just show you in one splash page what happened. Okay. And it was very intricately designed, and I already knew what happened to him, but you could see it, like the car accident and his hands not working and his trip to uh, go find the Ancient One. In mine, it's, it's his first ever mission in Chapter 1. So he seeks out the Ancient One, who's a lot like Master Roshi. So picture that, nice. like, same sense of mm. humor, uh, very similar oh, yes. look. Just Big giant turtle shell. I there mean, yeah, besides those parts, pervert. Um, um, was here written yeah. on the back. He, he's just a really funny, cool guy. And Wong was really more like almost like the Vegeta, like his rival of this story. And he's got so, hair. He's got like long hair. It's gorgeous. Like, <laughs> like flowing mane. I didn't oh, recognize him as Wong. He's almost if anyone has bald. seen. The um, <laughs> the if anyone's seen the animated movie for Doctor Strange, uh, it's almost they made Wong almost like what uh, Baron Mordo was in that. Like his, they trained together, uh, they're rivals, but it has a very uh, fr- it's a friendly end to it. They don't end up hating each other. Uh, Wong is really good at fighting and not so good at the magic. Doctor Strange is not so is really good at the magic, not so much at the fighting because his hands don't really work. So he has to go through. He has to go look for these artifacts uh, with another with Wong and someone else. I can't remember her name right now. And they uh, fight Baron Mordo, who's like almost like a Rid Repulsa type, just sending things at them and trying to get this ultimate power. For me, the biggest thing was the difference between the Wong I had read and all of the other ones. Because I know him as what Dave had mentioned, right? Or even what Chris, like the loyal servant, like you know, the, the best bud, the best wingman you could possibly ask for. And almost like my, my view on Doctor Strange and Wong is, is definitely tinted by Adventure Brothers, always. Hmm. It took me a while to not hear Dr. Orpheus's voice come out when I was reading. I still um, read <laughs> Dr. Strange with Dr. Orpheus's voice. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> the, the, the biggest thing about Dr. Strange that I found in chapter one is he is a dick. He is not a nice dude. He is just out for himself in the beginning anyways. Um, he just wants to go back to this world of luxury and fame and, and just being admired by everyone else. He Hot isn't bitches. your typical hero. 
So hmm. I thought that was really cool because whenever I think of Doctor Strange, like I said, I think of Doctor Orpheus, and that's it. I don't think of this <laughs> person who is really full of himself and completely turns his life around and ends up choosing not to go back to the life of surgery after discovering this world of mysticism and becoming really our best defender against Dormammu. So it was pretty cool. It was a good time. I really enjoyed it. I had not read this one yet, so it was good that I got to, to, to dive in. So your Wong was very hairy then? Oh, yeah. Wong, man. Yeah. I would say about eight inches. Yeah. Ah, eight inches. Yeah. yeah. They don't even they, they don't even pull that the bullshit like that you'd expect in X Men Apocalypse where oh here's there's some reason that Wong's bald now nope he's just yeah he says hair <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got really stressed out and it all just fell out that's that's what happened <laughs> yeah he was really afraid yeah. he just listened to that Twenty One Pilot song and just fell right out it was terrible so uh, Jason tell us about your Wong <laughs> so my Wong. Is written by Jason Aaron, and I too. Oh, it's oh. written by people. That's going to be my goal from now on: is match name. up names with names. That's a better. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to go south real quick. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've got. I've also got a bald Wong, a very secretive bald Wong too. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Secret but, uh, Wong. <laughs> much like Greg's version of this, I, I read Doctor Strange Volume Four. And uh, it opens up with a splash page just to kind of throw at you in one gunshot blast, right? Of like, hey, this is what happened to him. And this is what's going on. Flash to 2015. Uh, and he's just making house calls. He's the only house call doctor in New York still. <laughs> and he's at a kid's house. And uh, basically he is in his, in his mind while the kid's sleeping. And he's battling this like tentacle army of people, right? And this tentacle army of people are just trying to find a place to stay. They're just nomads. They're they're refugees, right? They wanna they wanna find a place to stay, and uh, Doctor Strange is gonna kick him out. And uh, he's going through, and he he starts fighting this whole organization, and they throw a champion at him, right? This massive monster, um, and there's a very sexy looking like serpent tentacle looking lady, um, who's like, you know, we fear you and we respect you. We you know don't want to harm you but mate with our here. queen yeah <laughs> and then she's like can we stay and he's like uh-uh <laughs> um so they're like all right we got to fight then they uh they throw some fire at him and he tries a spell and what happens is his spell fails for a second because he forgets that i think it's something of like the 12 moons he actually accidentally says 10 and he's like ah damn it no it's 12 moons and he puts his head down real quick and all of a sudden this fire just completely transmogrifies into flowers <laughs> he looks over at the tentacle lady and she's like impressed at what just happened he goes yeah she wants me <laughs> <laughs> and then he just starts making out with her and he's like this is a typical tuesday it's <laughs> great so they cut out and uh he's like explaining to this kid's parents that you know he's gonna be okay everything's gonna be fine and then he kind of like, they're like, oh my God, like, what can we do to repay you? Um, this is like amazing. And he goes, your neighbor is really lonely and his birthday's coming up. Just build him a cake, show him that he's not alone, and that'll be repayment enough. And I was like, fuck, I like this Doctor Strange already. Because he likes cake. Like, because he likes cake, not because he doesn't want anybody to be lonely. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, so then he just like pieces out of the second story of this house and he uses his fucking cape as a set of stairs, which was really neat. That's cool. Um, and then he just kind of transforms into like regular clothes, right? To be kind of uh, anonymous through the crowd. Uh, now, what's really funny is that this Doctor Strange is like a Magoo to me. He's Magoo, but he's also like really smooth too. He's. He's it's it's odd, um, and the reason why I say he's Magoo is because he kind of is he's clumsy he's he's clumsy but he's confident, and what happens is he ends up you know trying to help people out randomly that he you know he sees all these all these spirits and demons throughout the area and he's starting to help people out, but all that looks like to other people is that he's a crazy person <laughs> and he's just like you know go, <laughs> just like throwing himself around and here no he's fighting you know other beings from other dimensions and helping out the public but everybody's like yeah this fucking guy <laughs> we've all seen him on a train station before you know um so he gets to his house and he sees this girl and her name's zelma stanton and um she's like hesitant to go to the door uh and it reminds me a lot of like a sherlock case right somebody's like pacing back and forth outside of Baker Street but she's not ready to go and talk to them and admit what's happening 
And he just kind of pops up behind her and he's like, you should probably go up and knock on the door. <laughs> Wink. Just do it. Just go ahead. It's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's Tuesday. Smooth, son of a bitch, um, you. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, uh, I'll, I'll go do it. And he just enters the house and he goes, how's this for ostentatious? And he like knows her name, knows everything. Huh. And she's like, well, how do you how do you know me? He's like, come on in. I'm Dr. Strange. Like, you're here to see me for a reason. Let's do this. Um, she's got mouths growing out of her head with all these like little like sprites almost like just causing havoc and uh he decides to help her out he has no idea what these are though and that's like kind of the sign of something being bad um after he helps out zelma he starts to find out that magic is starting to die huh um yeah and he's he's basically going through and trying to investigate what's happening meanwhile wong is a little bit shady. You don't know what's happening. I don't really feel like nervous about him, but he flat out says like, you know, I've been hiding something from you and he kind of ducks out. He's not really he bald. Goes back. He's been wearing a bald cap all these years except <laughs> in mine. Exactly. He looks like that luxurious <laughs> hair from season one. <laughs> yeah, he goes in and just puts wigs on. He just stares himself in the mirror. And Would you like, fuck me? So pretty. <laughs> yeah. I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me hard. <laughs> and he keeps somebody in a hole in the ground and everything. Uh, it's just, it's Put the lotion it's in the weird. basket. It rubs the magic on its skin or else it goes to the dark dimension. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> precious. I'm suspicious so, of that. Doctor Strange is, is investigating this. And meanwhile, Wong bails out to the Himalayas. And you find out that Wong is a caretaker for him, right? He prepares his meals for him. He kind of is the one who keeps him in line, right? Keeps this Magoo on the right path. But the way he's doing it is very unethical. He's actually using monks from the Himalayas to be his life source to keep him alive. And he can't tell him this. Because if he tells Doctor Strange this, then Doctor Strange is like, no fucking way. And Doctor Strange will die. Um, so he has no idea that he's secretly keeping them alive by them sacrificing themselves Damn. for his essentially his life force, right? For his magic force. Ooh. While they show that, they show a little bit of like past, you know, relationship between Wong and Doctor Strange, and Wong's telling him to punch him as hard as he can in the face. And it cuts back. It's very Fight Club. Yeah, it really is. It's really cool. And he does it and he fucking breaks his hand, I'm pretty sure. His hand, well, you know, he just always damages his hand, no matter what. Like, his hands are constantly going through torture. But he punches him in the face and he breaks his hand. And Wong says, every punch comes with a cost. And that was, like, very, okay, like, something else is going to happen. He ends up fighting, what's his name? Uh, Dormammu? No. He's fighting... Morda? Yeah. And, uh... He, he's basically searching for a reason why like all this weird stuff's happening in his house uh, and he sees that all like the spells are all the magic source is like sucking away from all the books in the house right everything has a magic source and it's disappearing he's trying to find out why um, he ends up going to uh, Atlant- Atlantis and he's like you know fighting uh, fighting him and basically he has to use black magic on him and he comes back after his battle and he sees Wong and he's like just about dead. His eyes are missing. He's like cracks in his skin and everything like that. Jesus. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty graphic. It's kind of cool though. And uh, Wong's just like, "Hey, your eyes are bleeding." <laughs> Doctor Strange just goes, "Ah, oh, that's new." <laughs> like just kind of like brushes it off. Um, <laughs> and he starts investigating more. But um, you know, he looks at Wong. And he goes, "You know." Every punch comes with a cost. I had to use black magic on him. Um, and then he starts fighting this machine. And it's not magic, but it's sucking magic from everybody. So he starts to find out what's happening to people. Um, meanwhile, all these other magicians, all these other sorcerers are dying off. And he's I think he had to bury like 7 or 12. I forget what the number 17. is. 17. It's 17? Sorcerer Supreme. Damn. Ugh. It's a lot. By the way, Sorcerer Supreme just makes me so hungry. I know, right? <laughs> Give me some Taco Bell. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. Live, Moss. Um, so anyway, yeah, he sure. um, 
you start to see what's happening and basically there's this organization who's coming through and they're calling all the sorcerer supreme sinners right and they're using this technology to sap magic away from the world from the planet and uh it ultimately breaks down into into Doctor Strange, like losing an eye again. Like he, you know, he gets healed by those by those monks because they're sacrificing himself, but it doesn't fully help him out. And all these like strange. He's tiger really burning bot- through these monks, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are there any is- left at this point? There's a, that, there's that's a the lot of them. Too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Um, they're referenced as batteries. Um, somebody tells Wong, I forget who's who's kind of harvesting them, basically, or growing them, but they're like, Wong, these aren't batteries that you just toss out. Like These are people. And he's like, yes, but they're sacrificing themselves. They know what's happening. They know what they signed up for. Um, and as Doctor Strange is basically projecting himself into all the mystical areas, um, which was really funny to me because they were like, you know Machu Picchu and the Himalayas and Weird World and the Florida Everglades, where Man Thing <laughs> hangs out. Yeah. As funny as it is to say the Florida Everglades, in a more serious magical sense, it's where the nexus of reality is. Oh shit! Yeah, basically, Man Thing is the cool swamp monster. Is this guardian of this gateway that connects to like every other reality? No shit. So kind of a big huh. deal. Not just the Florida Everglades. But, yeah, I thought they were just fucking with Florida. <laughs> great I thought they have Nobody it. fucks with Florida in the Marvel Universe. I thought it was because of, you know, it's like Florida's like God's waiting room. You know, that's where like everyone goes. So. <laughs> Life's end zone, right? <laughs> they have Disneyland, Universal, Purgatory, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically, by the time that you get to the end of this series, right, there's only five uh, issues. Doctor Strange realizes that, you know, he's been using his magic to protect the world. And now he's got to protect magic. And it kind of leaves you hanging there with, with this team of people that are ready to execute Doctor Strange upon upon arrival. Um, so I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm definitely going to need to read through what's happening next. But um, yeah, it's there, there's a lot to this. And at first I didn't think it was going to be as in-depth because it was him making house calls. But I'm glad it started off a little bit slow. It seems like he's going through Monk's like, AA batteries with Game Gear. Boom, that's what yeah. I'm going Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they changed it for, like, that run because, like, my my Doctor Strange was just told by, like, he's going to live forever and not age and stuff. Like, was that always an underlying thing or they just do it for that run, you think? No, I think that, I think Doctor Strange, from what I received from this, is that Doctor Strange is unaware that he isn't going to live forever. Like, he doesn't realize that... Wong is doing this for him. Oh. And who knows how record. long Wong's been doing it? Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Eight you have inches. no idea. Nah. <laughs> Eight, inches. <laughs> Eight inches of space time. I mean, it's, it's like, there and I like it. It sounds like a classic comic book retcon, right? Like the fact that when in DC Superboy was first created, he was this random guy named Paul Westfield, who was the director of Cadmus Labs, and who's half that, half Superman. And then we find out in 2007 or whatever it was that he's actually half Lex Luthor and half Superman because Lex Luthor behind the scenes was manipulating things. It sounds like a similar thing with this where um, Dr. Strange is probably told that he was just going to live forever, but not realizing what the cost of that is. And Wong being eternally, you know, his manslave essentially eternally indebted to him and his, his BFF, his best bud. He has to do the dirty work to keep the Sorcerer Supreme alive. So it sounds to me like yeah. they're just merging it together in the, that good old retcon fashion. But that's really cool. Um, Jason, what did you learn besides everything about Doctor Strange? <laughs> <laughs> Learned way, know, way I, too much for five <laughs> issues. Right. I went on the. I yeah. I'm maybe digging into it a bit. Um, what I learned is that Doctor Strange doesn't have a normal appetite or he doesn't have a normal diet. He's eating all these strange, like basically all the all the familiars, all like the little beasts that he he encounters in his in his house calls. He basically eats them. his grocery shopping <laughs> and he's keeping them in their fridge. Like there's a scene which I forgot to mention. He tells um, Zelma, by the way, don't go in the fridge. Like if you can <laughs> check out the place, don't go in the, fridge. in the fridge. Don't go in there. <laughs> it's either Zool or that so, thing from Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you see them walking past the fridge later and Wong is just shutting the door and here it's the tentacles from the people in the first issue um, and basically he's just storing it to eat later and he's constantly chowing down on this like purple what looks like spaghetti monster almost <laughs> but it's not um, but he always you know he always references that he misses pizza he's like you know it sucks he's like you, you don't understand what kind of hell this is when you live in Brook uh, in New York and you aren't allowed to eat pizza Ooh. so yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know that about him, actually. Good. That's that's new to this run. Yeah. A lot of it is, yeah. is him dealing with these, like, ramifications of, of wielding magic for so long, you know. It, it, Jason described it amazingly, but it is a story that really needs to be seen, because Chris Bacalo's art is all over the place. Like, the yeah. monsters are huge. Like, how many double-page spreads are in that first issue? Oh. It's like half the book. <laughs> all yeah. of them? <laughs> yeah, the pretty whole thing. Mu- pretty much, you know. Um, and I love that all the monks have the the Doctor Strange window tattoo on their necks. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> awesome. The story, the story that follows this, just real quick, just so yeah. you have an idea of where this is going next. The sciencey bad guys, the Empirical, that are out to destroy all magic. That's their name. Yeah, damn it. Strange gets. All the magic buddies that he has in in the world, so Scarlet Witch, Magic from the X-Men, Dr. Voodoo, and a bunch of dudes that are just made up and totally kick ass, like this Russian guy that eats magic bears. Yeah. Totally off the chain. He gets them all to... Carbo Godenbarren? Yeah. (laughs) Sure. He he gets them all together to, to make one last stand for the fate of magic in the Marvel Universe, and when that story wrapped up, that wrapped up, uh, three, four months ago? Um, completely hmm. changed the course of the book ever since. So, absolutely worth picking up. Probably collected yeah. in trade now too, but I'm not sure. I have the singles. But who boy? So, guys, we get to are getting to about that time where it's the my, or my personal favorite time on the podcast where I get to ask you, gentlemen, my secret, secret question. Actually, that stuck up real well with the song, Dave. Kudos to you, Chris. Kudos to you. Yes, <laughs> there's a song now. <laughs> That's great. So, gentlemen, this week we talked about Doctor Strange and all of the, throughout time, essentially, from the 70s all the way up to 2015, the current run, uh, really in preparation for the Doctor Strange movie, which is out right now. The first showing is probably just finishing up right about Go now. Go see it. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I'm really excited about it. Um, what I want to ask you guys is actually pretty similar to what we did for Luke Cage. If there is one thing that we talked about today about Doctor Strange and his comic book incarnation that you need to see on the big screen, what is it? And this week we're going to start with Doc Chris and not Casey. Not me. <laughs> Even though I had my answer already. That's why I knew it. <laughs> oh man. Um Oh, that is a interesting question. I'm fairly certain we're not going to see Hitler's gun. Man, <laughs> what if we did though? Um based off of the commercials and like what we've seen for trailers, I feel like there's a good chance we're going to see Tom Hardy in this movie cuz it's basically Marvel does it Inception. <laughs> some Joseph um, Gordon-Levitt Yeah, just, just throwing him in there Michael Caine just pops in for a cameo for some reason Doctor Strange Michael spinning Caine. Why tops? do we fall, Master right. Strange? It's weird um, I'm not sure I'm actually kind of excited to see uh, the cape I'm kind of hoping the cape has a bit more of a, a, a life of its own not uh, too much though, not like Spawn, please Not, not like Spawn, <laughs> but like yeah, like a Spawn light Okay. Like it turns into stairs. Yeah. Kind of thing. I want to see some craziness with that cape. That's I want some chains. I want some necroplasm. I want him throwing up next to the homeless, just like the Spawn comics I remember. (laughs) (laughs) And John Leguizamo as the violator. Oh, Oh, yeah. That will never change. (laughs) Cool. So the cape in all of its glory. Um, glory. Let's go with Jace Mac next. Um, Since I'm such a huge Sherlock fan. Uh, those of you that don't know, I've probably watched Sherlock, like the BBC series, 150 times now. For real. <laughs> um, I want to see Wong played by Martin Freeman. 
Just a Sherlock and Watson scenario again. I know that's not happening. He could show up um, in it, though, because he does exist in the Marvel Universe. Sure. He does. Oh, in my run, so in He's, my run, he keeps referring to Night Nurse as Watson, which is kind of funny. That's funny. <laughs> it's going to happen. But Martin Freeman not, was in Civil War. He's oh, Everett true. K. Ross. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Not related to the Maybe. general, but... He does all right. Maybe. Yeah. And it's cool because both of them have been in movies together. You know, The Hobbit and everything like that. Sure. Deshless and Smog. So, yeah. I just want them to always be best friends in real life now. Forever. And ever. I'm going to be disappointed when I go see it on Saturday. But <laughs> a guy can fucking dream. I wonder if they hate each other in real life. <laughs> They're just like always in these same I, things. They just hate each other. I hate those kind of stories where you find out that like these great like duos and everything like that just actually fucking hate each other's guts. Yeah. Like, that really ruins Christmas for me, guys. <laughs> just get along. Just get along, guys. Like Bill and Ted, just get along. Yeah. Um, Be excellent to each other. And going on that, <laughs> TV's Casey, what do you have to say? The one thing that... Whew, you gotta give me the question. Is it stuff that we want to see that I we're I thought not you done? had an answer. I Well, I thought I did. It's it's what we <laughs> want to see that we don't want an answer, like call Just roll with it. Just no, no, roll no, no, with no, 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 no. Is it, is it what we want to see that's not going to be in it or stuff that we got to see in it? Uh, stuff that you want to see that's not. That, well, I mean, you don't know what's going to be in it at this point, right? I mean, listen, if there's no Crimson Bands of Sidorak in there, him binding Ooh. some bad guy with these giant, unbreakable juggernaut bands, Ooh. I'm out. You got to have it. That's that's my thing with with the doc, um, I mean this movie has got a, a lot of a lot of flavor in it, but unless I'm mistaken from the trailers, where's my Technicolor Nightmare Dimension stuff going on? I mean we got kaleidoscope action and we got yeah. worlds folding in on itself, but I want like like Technicolor like yeah I'm going like you're tripping on like acid tripping like, kind balls. of. Some real Shit. wild Steranko kind of yeah. kind of stuff going on. That would make me lose I mean, my mind, especially in IMAX. We could sell you something so it happens. <laughs> <laughs> they could be arranged. Man's got a point. <laughs> uh, and Dave, what about you? A Harry Wong. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 brought it on, I brought it on us, guys. I apologize. That's my fault. It's my mistake. It's honestly right? enough. <laughs> it's weird. It's annoyingly <laughs> enough. It's not something we talked about, not something we read about, but I would love to see the formation of the Illuminati, the Marvel Illuminati at some point. Because Doctor Strange. Uh, so, those of you who don't know, the Marvel Illuminati is a super secret group of heroes and villains, uh, depending on your definition of villains, that decide very important things. Like uh, World War Hulk was pretty much because they decided to shoot the Hulk into space. And it's just like, yep, see you later. You're someone else's problem now. Um, <laughs> you definitely won't land on an alien slave planet and no, be the you'll best be fine. Hulk story of all time. W- yeah, where you will like rule <laughs> that is perfectly made for the Hulk. It's so weird. Um, but it, uh, in the comic books, it's Professor X, uh, Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, Black Bolt, and Namor, right? Mr. Fantastic. And Mr. Fantastic. And Namor. And Namor, yeah. I knew Namor was in there, that yeah. pointy-eared bastard. In um, Namor's defense, he didn't throw the Hulk into space. And Professor true. X was uh, dead at the time. He was maybe in space. Listen, not all of them threw the Hulk into space. So don't think that they're all jerks. I mean, yeah. They kind of are, though. In their own yeah, little right, way. Right, yeah. um, but I'd love to see a formation of something like that. Or as like maybe post credit scene. Something to that effect. Or I'd love to see... I don't know something something to bring in the the Netflix stuff into it. I know it's never going to happen, but I'm always just like rooting for it, you know. Or even Agents have them found the Defenders. I know. I mean, yeah, he's a founding member <laughs> member of the goddamn Defenders. Like, perfect way to tie that in. Um, <laughs> also, maybe a little Ghost Rider action because I don't know if you guys have been keeping up on Agents of Shield, but uh, Johnny Blaze just showed up for like five seconds. In the latest episode, so yeah, because they've been following around this uh, Robbie Ramirez, who's the Ghost Rider now, but a little bit different in the comics. And they did a flashback scene to show how he got the Spirit of Vengeance, and Johnny Blaze just like gave it to him. Essentially, it looked like so. It's interesting. Was it wrapped? <laughs> was it wrapped? Was it was gift wrapped? Yep. Yep. <laughs> With uh, non pareils, yeah, all that stuff. 
Uh, speaking of our pearls, that's all the time that we have for this week, guys. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Remember to follow us on the Facebook for podcast video replays, Facebook-specific live streams and updates, Instagram for your instant gramification into geek culture as we see it, and Twitter for the latest updates on nerd news and more live broadcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, etc. Again, tonight we had for the podcast... Jay's Mac. Hey, hey! Thanks for not calling me Escape. The last That's C, so which close. was my speedster name. Did you Did you hear Did you hear like my hesitation? It was so close. I did. The Bearded Menace, Dave. A Harry Wong. Doc Chris. I'm pretty sure I used to play bass for a band called Doctor Strange's Wong. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the competitive band Doctor Strange's Harry Wong. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I, I was a tribute band called the Harry Wong Experience. <laughs> Manservant Experience. Manservant. <laughs> Dave's broken. TV's Casey. The Vishanti, may they watch over you. You know, two whites don't make a Wong. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. I'm Booster Gray, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with, with us tonight. Remember, we'll see you next time, or we'll see you another time. We're we're children, five children with the internet.